And now for something completely different. Four, three, two, one. Hi. Welcome to the future. Remember, no guts, no galaxy. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast number 169. We are your hosts, Darren and Phil. And today is Tuesday, December 13th, 2018. Support for this podcast is brought to you by our patrons. We'd like to thank our latest patron, Wayne. Thank you so much for contributing. Would you like to support the podcast? Find out more at patreon.com forward slash no guts, no galaxy. All right. In today's guests, we have Russ and Paul from PGI. And the topic today is faction play. Uh, but first, I think we're going to talk a little bit about MechCon 2018 and how that went and uh, kind of get you guys' perspective from that. How are you guys doing? Did either of you get the con crud or did you both escape uh, that torture <laughs> that a lot of us got? That How you, you guys brought, doing? Darren? Well, yeah, maybe I was yeah, patient zero. Yeah, let's be zero. clear. I, like, I'm pretty sure you brought that with you. So you can't, I was blame, patient zero. can't blame us. Yeah. Did you guys, I, how good. are you guys doing? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm kind of just tired <laughs> and kind of worn down from a long you know, stretch of busy hours, I think, over the last number of months uh, ending the year and kind of feeling burnt out right now, looking for a big, long Christmas break. But, you know, I've been, I've been healthy enough. Absolutely. Paul? I got a flu shot, and I stayed a minimum of 15 feet away from you, so <laughs> I know, I'm fine there. Yeah, but, but some yeah. people got really close to you. I did notice that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Paul was too tired to get sick. I think that's, yeah. Well, I got caught up on sleep, but... At least I stop thinking about the super pods every time I look at a light switch. So. <laughs> yeah. Where 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 are those, by the way? Are they in the office? What, like, what what did you guys do with them? A secret hangar somewhere? Yeah, yeah. all four are lined up here in the QA area, so we can Ooh. walk over and play them anytime very nice. we want. That's very nice. Very cool. So what is your guys' feelings on uh, how MechCon 2018 went? It was all blur, even though it was two days, which was awesome. Uh, it still goes by in, in just a flash. How did you guys feel? Yeah, two days was obviously really great because um you know it was kind of weird when it was happening it was like the second the first day was coming to a close you know as kind of like tired as you were and stuff i felt my i felt so like happy knowing that there was another one like yes. next to, like i was kind of thinking wow like what if this was like it like it was just over and and it kind of made it sort of um sound crazy almost that the previous two years were just the one day, you know, it's like, I know, wow, right? I can't believe we go to all that work and all that effort. And then it's just like over. So in that moment, I just could not believe that we used to do all of that for, you know, just like the, whatever, the one hard, like 11, 12 hour stretch or whatever. Yeah. Metcon one and two, we definitely, uh, just f fired through that, worked our asses off to get it all done in one day. Uh, totally preferred two days. What about you, Paul? I know the like the two nights leading up to MechCon, you were up all night working on the pods and didn't get any sleep. Did the two days make it a little bit better for you? Were you able to enjoy some of it? Uh, the two days, I think, actually saved me because day one, I was in a complete fog. That's also why I could only remember one item off of the list of uh, community wanted for uh, faction play update stuff. Right. Right. I just totally blanked on the rest of the list. But the second day was a lot more relaxed. Got a little bit of sleep the night before. And yeah, it's just super fun talking to people in a lot more casual uh, yes. pace, right? So, yeah, it was cool. We had a lot of people there that were first timers. Of course, we always have the the returning folks, but we had a lot of people there that were the first time. Some of it was because it was two days, and so it made more sense as far as, far as them affording a, a trip. Some of them it was because they could bring their spouse and their children. Um, you know, some of them it was just the first time invited. Like for example, Elias Tufexis, who, by the way was blown away because he, he goes to a lot of game cons, obviously. Um, he was blown away that there was such a large event for the Battletech and MechWarrior community. He was, which I discovered, a longtime Battletech and MechWarrior fan since like Mech 2 or something, the place where everybody came in. Um, and so he was a true fan and he just had no idea that there was an event like this that, or that there could even be an event like this, that there were this many fans of the franchise. So I, it was cool to have so many new people there and, and kind of get their experience and, and then also, you know, catch up with some people that have been to the past, uh, events and were able to talk about how essentially much better this was both the venue and the two days and the family friendly. I thought it was just a, a, a great time this year for sure. That's going to be our great legacy. I hope, um, hopefully someone will, 
pick up the torch when um, I kept thinking that during the show too. It's like, you know, Prana's done it really um, single-handedly the last well, three years in a row. And, and of course, you know, like Harebrain's there and, and Catalyst are there and they're awesome. And we, we love having them there. But um, yeah, just as far as, you know, the planning and in particular the expense and everything's 100% on Piranha. So, you know, I'm hoping it's something that can sort of, you know, continue on, you know, uh, even when Piranha, you know, maybe is, maybe things have changed for us or whatever. Like, I don't know. I just yeah. reminiscing, but um, yeah, no idea awesome. I'd love to brings. see it carry on, you know, forever, really. 10 years down the road sort of thing. I mean, Darren, yeah. you always, you, you are, you sort of say that already, which is, you know, living in the now we've never, ha I mean, we, we literally have never had a convention for Battletech. Yeah. And it's so, something you know, I, here we are. It's something I try and remind people, you know, from the stage every year is that this is an era and we're not saying that it's stopping any particular year or anything like that, but obviously something like this is unlikely to go on forever. And so that's why I just feel like we need to appreciate it while we have it um, and, and, and stop and smell the, the cockpits, so to speak, and enjoy the fact that there is, just like Elias said, there, you know, there is a, an entire event devoted to this franchise that we all love. And, and I think that's super special. And uh, it's something that we're all going to look back very fondly. Or hopefully you're not in the, you know, the crowd that you can't go and, and you didn't, you know, you, you decided to skip it or whatever. Um, you know, hopefully everybody gets a chance to come to one of the Metcons. Well, we had, when I, when I was on my stage moment, which was like Saturday night, I'd, I'd gone up there and announced that, hey, you know, we've grew by 50% every year and we're like 900 this year. As soon as I get off the stage, someone told me we actually were up to 960. And we had all of Sunday and stuff. So it's, I, I don't have a newer figure, but it was dang close to 1,000. So, yeah. you know, we went from uh, kind of the 200, kind of the steam launch party, to 400, to 600, to 1,000. Um, I think next year's, and we know I'm not announcing it yet, and hopefully sure. we can announce it soon, but um, sometime in the first quarter we'll try to announce everything from tournament and everything if that's, you know, things are looking looking uh, like we can. Uh, we try not to, uh, we had a lot of postmortems to do, a lot of uh, just figuring out if the world, you know, is going to let us. And it's just mm -hmm. never like an obvious simple thing for a small company like us is all no. I mean, right? It's like, it's a big undertaking, it's a big expense. So, um at any rate, um, you know, maybe next year, I think the same spot would work well. I think um, mm -hmm. we could probably grow. I don't know that we could do another 50% um, and stay in that space, but it could probably do, you know, 1,200 or more. So um, we'll play that by year, but it seems like a viable location for maybe another year. The space itself was phenomenal. Um, I loved the fact that we had so many different areas for people. Did you guys see uh, Russ and Paul, the pictures of all the kids playing? Like lined up at the computer banks, uh, whether it was Solaris or, or Battletech or anything. Did I'm you see sure any of those pictures? pictures? But, you know, I was just kind of oh, watching it in real time with my kids and other kids yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, some of my favorite pictures, and I'll, and I'll show you one specifically a little bit after the podcast, but is um, Haven Kendrick lined up behind probably half a dozen kids all sitting at computers learning how to play MechWarrior. It was beautiful. And it's just, again, you know, opening it up to the family, I think, helps us to bring all, you know, every aspect of, of Battletech and MechWarrior to another generation. I hear over and over again from parents who say that their kids love the giant robots and you know, and, and that's how a lot of us were introduced, not me, I'm too old for it to, you know, be introduced by, to it from my dad, but a lot of people that we meet in the community were introduced to MechWarrior or Battletech uh, through their parents. And uh, it's cool to see that happening again. Again, I just think it's an amazing experience. MechCon is a wonderful uh, time to hang out with a lot of like-minded people that appreciate the same thing. Everybody coming together uh, for something positive, and it was just an amazing event this year. I was bummed that I was sick, uh, but absolutely 100% totally worth it. Awesome. Well, um, I guess uh, let's talk a bit about the championship, shall yes. we? Yes. Yes. Uh, boy, I'm just... Uh, how to start this? I guess to start mm -hmm. with... Man, did I really enjoy them this year. And yeah. I admit, like, honestly, the last couple of years, one, because it was a one-day show and things were so frantic, I probably never really got to, like, chill and sort of focus on the tournament in the past. So mm -hmm. that helped. But number two, I think and this is maybe even bigger than the first one, is 
Yeah, it just was so watchable this year. I mean, yeah. man, was it watchable. Everyone I talked to, like everyone that was like, hardly knows anything about MWO or really play it. Like, let's say even even the Catalyst guys who know a lot about Battletech and stuff and everything don't really, maybe a lot of them don't really play a lot of like shooters in MWO, but everyone was sort of like able to really follow the matches and um, I know for me, I, I guess I'm, I'm, you know, assuming that a lot of it had to do with um, the stock mode and, and just the the drawn on encounters. I mean, you'd see a couple mechs like bump into each other and like all these exchanges and components popping, but, you know, mechs were living and they were like, you know, getting away and then they'd live to have another exchange. And I just found the encounters and the battles and the match length and everything to be uh, very like even more casual players could really discern what was going on. So I loved it. And I guess, um, you know, there was a bit of controversy when we announced stock mode and I understand why, you know, the comp players with their, um, what they've been used to, but also the technology of the other things in the mech lab. And, but, uh, I had a few people that were, you know, comp players or you know, some people that were pretty outspoken when we first announced it, um, come to me and admit that they uh, really, really liked it and kind of changed their mind on it. And, you know, I, I say all this not to say that like, now this is what we're going to do. I mean, in fact, I'm really wide open. Like I'm open. I'm all ears for, you know, what we want to do next year. We can do something totally different, but anyhow, that's how I saw it. I don't know. What about you guys? Go ahead, Phil. I was going to say, I think it was pretty fantastic. We, we've got two different things, right? We've got uh, the participants and how they experience the going through the entire tournament and then obviously the, the finals. And then we have the viewability. And I, I just want to sort of hit on that too. I mean, Metcon is just like that too, is you have the people that are there and then you have the people that are watching from home, right? And the broadcast and stuff is for people watching. And one of the first things you'll notice when you watched was because of the slow pace, the camera and engagements, they were, you could watch and you could see literally how the matches were playing out. And because the matches were a little bit longer and because things were a little bit slower, um, it allowed, I guess, everyone to sort of be able to see movements and flanks and pushes by a light or, you know, all that sort of play out. On the flip side, like you said, a little bit of controversy with the, the stock mode going out, but I did actually have um, comp players there. And when I asked, did you enjoy it? Some said yes, some said no. Some said, you know, hey, I'm, uh, I, I remember Eon, one of the guys said, I'm just glad there wasn't, uh, you know, Piranha with machine guns, right? Uh, Arctic Cheetahs with machine guns. So um, I think there's definitely some room for improvement. Um, like you said, Russ, possibly for uh, next year if, if, we, if we end up doing that. But from a viewability standpoint, I really liked it. And it was really cool just being able to watch um, there at Metcon. Uh, as well, the stage, how we had it presented as well, I think was just fantastic. Um, everyone had a seat if they wanted to sit right there in front of the stage. Oh, as that well. was so nice. Yeah. So um, I think I think that's what's sort of tough is uh, riding that line of the enjoyment of people watching the matches and being able to follow along what's going on. Because, you know, when the lights and everything are going 140, 150 kph, H, it is it is difficult sometimes to to follow. Right. And things happen really quick. But on the flip side, um, you know, uh, from a competitor standpoint, you know, I think uh, a lot of them said, you know, hey, a little bit of customization uh, might go a long way. Maybe not to the full extent that we had pre in the previous two years. But uh, overall, I think it was fantastic representation of teams adapting to rules we gave them and coming out uh, regardless of whatever those were. So just adapt and overcome. So I think it was fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> those are two of the things that, I'd like to kind of touch on this is that one is that stock mode basically eliminated the min maxing found in mech lab and on the skill tree. And it really brought home the fact that you are watching the top players who are capable of adapting to any kind of scenario based on their situational awareness, the capabilities of their mech, right? The fact that they're locked into that kind of uh, build right from the get go, right? Is like, I look at these top three teams as like the ultimate, I don't know, players of MechWarrior Online in terms of their ability to, to adapt to any given situation. And they're just going to be a nightmare to face on the battlefield, no matter what level of customization is there. Right. 
Absolutely. Uh, in terms of the feedback, I even got feedback from the comp teams as well, right? And uh, agreeing with Phil here is that it was the concept is there, but let's look at a little, few little tweaks, right? Like you don't have to go full customization, but let's look at including a little bit more technology. Yeah, I think it was the the you know limiting them somewhat. There's a there's a positive aspect to that, and I think we all hit on the same thing, which is there's some middle ground here. Um, because absolutely the viewability matters and, you know, the audio video team, they said this year they could understand what was happening, you know, and, uh, whereas last time it was just a blur and they, I remember them last year during the show saying what's happening right now, who's winning, you know? And so I think you're, you're, you're obviously we're trying to find the best viewability for the people who are spectating and watching it. Um, and then also the most enjoyability for the teams that are competing, um, and I think we hit on something this year, whether we hit on the perfect thing or it needs to be adjusted. Um, obviously, we're going to get people's feedback. Um, Bandits Which is, are already out yeah, there doing that's that. Already, yeah, that's happening already. Just to yeah. let people know, for those that don't know out there, um, Bandit Chris is uh, talked to him as well. And we're yep. going to continue on with those discussions um, behind the scenes, getting that feedback. But I think definitely there's some kind of fine line there um, where you're going to have some limitations, but you're also going to have may maybe a little bit more customization. Who knows? We're not calling it right now, obviously. Uh, this isn't a meeting right here to discuss how or, how or if uh, it's going to happen. But I definitely think there was some positive feedback there to be absorbed and uh, and then work on the rest. I just want to quickly pop out is that um, normally instead of me throwing somebody on the bus, I'm going to give somebody kudos. And that's based on the watchability of the games. Matt Newman hit it out of the park with his overlays and graphics oh, yeah. and uh, making sure that people understood what was going on. Yeah. So you had the kill death counters, you had the win losses, you had the brackets being updated, right? That was all on point this year. So definitely an improvement. Matt. Yeah. Like uh, Mike and, the, and those guys came in early and worked with Matt pretty heavy yes. that last day too, which really helped a lot. Yeah. Big thanks to um, uh, Ben and Mike because they did, they did come in a day early and they sat in the office and they uh, worked as hard as anyone to assist Matt in making it a better presentation, which I totally think it was a huge improvement over 2017 um, in, in, a, in a lot of ways. So um, yeah, I think uh, we're obviously, like we just said, and, and Russ, unless you wanna uh, reiterate or, or um, take it further, discussions will be happening uh, regarding next year and, and what's happening or what's not happening. Um, and, and that'll be brought to the public as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's good enough. I'm just saying, I think the most important part though, just keep in mind is that I think the, you know, the viewability for people watching people at MacCon and people on Twitch and like, that's the most important thing, right? Like I love the fact, like I definitely, you know, want the competitors to have fun and want to compete and everything. But like, I think if we can all just keep in mind that the most important thing is to kind of spread, you know, the sport and spread the love and the, the enjoyment of the viewers should probably be key. Right. And mm -hmm. so that's just, that's just where I come from. And, and more than anything, just to summarize it, we just wanted to do something different. That's yes. it. That's the drove our decision. It's not like we came up with any big reasons like, Oh, wow, it's gotta be this for this reason. That reason. It's just like, you know what? Let's not have the third year in a row of the exact same stuff. Let's try something different. And I think under that notion alone, then it was a success. And so it'd be cool if next year we could do something different. That's it. You know, something a little Absolutely. different. Yeah, sounds good. Um, before we move into uh, the next issue, I just wanted to see, did you guys get a chance to look at that picture I linked you? And uh, that's the one I was referring to anyway. Haven Kendrick bunch of kids yeah just love that. it that's awesome it's like all kids so there's a whole new generation of of right. mech warriors on the way up i love it that was have you seen the gif of haven dancing yes <laughs> <laughs> i had no awesome. idea it was such a good dancer all right so let's move into uh still uh with what happened at mechcon 2018 but let's address a little bit uh about mech warrior online obviously there was a lot to talk about as far as mech warrior 5 a lot to show off the super pods Paul, why don't you get into what you announced at the only thing you were able to remember on Saturday, what you announced at uh, MechCon in regards to MWO and faction play, and uh, we can move into this discussion. Loyalists are worth it. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. No. Um, after the MechCon uh, announcement, like there was a, shall we say, outcry mm -hmm. of yeah. lack of information. 
So what I did is I went and reposted what was talked about prior to Metcon and kind of gave them almost like a priority rating in terms of uh, color coordinating certain items. Uh, some of the things are, in, like I've noted here, was need serious reconsideration, right? As mm -hmm. if it's worth it or people actually want it, right? It's still up for discussion. Nothing's completely pulled off the table, but we'll have to talk about this kind of stuff. Um, again, there has been a fairly positive feedback rate on the new forum thread. I encourage everybody to get in there. The reason why I'm doing this on the forums is that I want to make it as transparent as possible. Um, there's been talk of people wanting to set up discords or team speaks for talking about this kind of stuff is that that's not inclusive, right? It's not covering everybody and it doesn't allow somebody to come in and voice their opinion or their thoughts while the discussion is happening, right? So that's the importance of the forums. And again, I encourage everybody to get in there and take a look at what's going on. And um, you, the post you're referring to is Faction Play Update post Metcon 2018, correct? That is correct, yep. Okay, we'll link it in the, the show notes so everybody has a chance to check it out. And I should just check to make sure that it's pinned. If not, I'll get it pinned. It, it is. Yeah, yeah, okay, it is. perfect. Um, yeah, so I gave uh, color coordination, like yellow items on the list, right, is a primary feature. That means it's probably going to take longer to develop, but at the same time, is like it's almost... Like that's a core item that has to be done for this update to be successful, right? Mm -hmm. So people can look at those things and just understand it's like, yes, those are on the board, but they're going to take a while to develop, right? Um, I mark stuff in orange text to be under immediate investigation. That's stuff that would be fairly low hanging fruit or just stuff that's like, yeah, this is a no brainer. We can get this stuff in. Things like, for example, objective play reward increase, adjust launch countdown, call to arms, timer change, et yep. cetera. When it comes to rewards for call to arms participation and actually just that one for now, mm -hmm. um, it's something that we have to look into because we want to make sure that this is automatable, right? And I want to make sure that I'm not overstretching by just saying, yeah, it's going to go in there. And right. Done. right. Um, it still requires a little bit of investigation with the engineers, but it's... A pretty low-hanging fruit, so we'll try to get that in as soon as possible. One thing that is in orange, and it's been something that has been requested numerous times in previous conversations, was that more than four drop decks. Mm -hmm. uh, that has been prioritized because it's fairly low-hanging fruit, and it's going to be dropping in a patch very, very soon. It might be January. Wow. If it doesn't make January, then it'll definitely be February. Okay. Right, so yeah. when stuff like that gets uh, completed... Right, I'll be marking it off, and then who else? Like other stuff might turn orange or turn green right. or what have you. Right, it's a work in progress. And exactly. Can I ask, Paul? This list uh, of stuff that we have here. You mentioned there'd been dialogue with the community already. Is that where this list is from? Yes. There's two threads that were uh, started. One was started by just call me Ash. Yep. Right. Um, he kind of did a preemptive strike on me because I was planning on doing this big. Uh, faction play request for information and dialogue and he started one before that so I stepped in there and we started having a conversation in there then it went to a more official one where I updated like the latest talks and latest developments right and that's where this list was generated from right and now that this list is populated there's still people adding some great ideas right and some of the, the stuff is low-hanging fruit and i'm going to try to get that prioritized but at the same time it's like let's just make sure we're hitting a lot of these things on the list right now mm -hmm. and addressing any concerns or thoughts that are coming in uh with the continuing discussion yeah but and i i suggest highly if you have any uh investment or or care about faction play to come and get involved in this uh thread it is 12 pages long currently um, there's a lot of discussion going on, but everything does get read, uh, even if not everything is responded to. Um, so it's totally worth it. If you, you know, if it's something you care about, um, then take, take part in it, participate. So, yeah. And it's like, officially we, we talked about an April patch. Um, and I guess that's kind of for a bulk of it, but we can just kind of think of it almost like it's what we're working now. So focus in MWO and, um, you know, some things are going to come in sooner than that, and but a lot of it's going to kind of wait for like that April time frame. And um, 
No, I just, I guess one thing I wanted to say was coming into Metcon, we knew, you know, a month out from Metcon that the biggest thing we were going to hear about was that, you know, the MWO updates were weak. And it's like, it's like watching a train wreck come. And it's like, we knew that was going (laughs) to be the case, but it's like, there's really nothing we, it was very little we could do about it with the way the show was coming down, all the, you know, obviously with the Mech 5 demo and the super pods and everything, and the fact that things that we were working on for Mech Online were uh, things that we had, um, it, like like we just went over, and they're things that are in process, but they're not very um, sexy. They don't lend themselves to a you know fancy trailer or something like that. So uh, we kind of knew that was going to happen. Tried to address it as best we could in the stage moment, but you know it just wasn't enough. And so um, here we are. We're talking about it, but it's like there's definitely um, NWO. In fact, I'll go so far as to say, you know, I continue to be very surprised at just. And it take a lot of, um, I guess, satisfaction in, in seeing just how much people, you know, love MWO. Like sometimes I get, I get reminded of that because yeah, I am, you know, I am extremely busy with making MechWarrior Five, and um, you know, we could turn and talk about that for a minute. But um, MechWarrior Nine's been great; it's been out for seven years. But like, there's a lot riding on MechWarrior Five. I mean, MechWarrior Five, in some ways, I could almost say is it'll be if if it's if it's not a good game it it it's very likely it could be the last mechware game ever made right i mean if you take a look at the fact that it took piranha like take, getting the license and making mechware online to um you know create the first like kind of online multiplayer mechware game ever but also just to get that door open again and to and then now here we are making mechware 5 but and if it's if it's look bad, if it bombs, it's like I don't know if it'll ever be another MechWare game again. So there's sure. a lot riding on it, and so I'm definitely really focused on that. And sometimes I'm really focused on it, and like we're I still have people like Paul and others that are totally dedicated to MechWare Online. I spend a lot of time on it still, but sometimes I get reminded at places like at MechCon where I'm talking to comp people, or even last night I jumped on to Phil's stream, I jumped on the Lord Majestic stream, and um, great stream, by the way. First time I've been on there, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, people love MechWarrior Online, and sometimes I'm kind of blown away and say, "Wow!" Like they, sure, they're probably excited for MechWarrior Five. All these guys, but like, they still really passionate about MechWarrior Online, and that's really cool to see after all these years. So um, we're definitely still committed to doing updates for it. We still care a lot about it. Still very important to us. Uh, faction play. There's an update coming there, and yeah, um, yeah, but then we we have some stuff to talk about with maps too. Um, but just well, want to make sure we're done with this subject. Sure, I, I do want to. Th- this is something I felt very strongly too. Like I don't know where the line is drawn between a small studio and a medium studio, um, but obviously sixty five is small these days. But okay, like, right. Small. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, typically any big game, you hear the studios having two, three hundred people more. Um, so PGI being a small studio. Obviously, you've taken on a lot. You've had, like you said, a seven-year-old uh, multiplayer free-to-play game out there um, for a long time. We've come full circle with the 2009 MechWarrior 5 uh, trailer that you guys, you know, originally that's what you wanted to do. Now come full circle, you're doing it. Um, MechCon every year is a huge task and, and a lot of work, uh, adding the mech pods to it this year. Um, I personally, I feel like my life revolves around MechCon because as soon as it's over, we're thinking about the next one. And it's, uh, I think for a small studio, that's a ton. And sometimes people maybe don't think objectively or take in the big picture, you know, you're, 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 uh, self-publishing MechWarrior 5. Um, it, it, there's a lot to consider. And I think the, the outcry about MechWarrior Online um, number one, it's understandable, but number two, I think the most important thing to understand when people are getting upset about what they consider not enough content for MechWarrior Online is exactly what you just said. It's because they love the game. They're not complaining about it because they don't care about the game. They're not indifferent. They love this game and they've loved it for, you know, some of them too, all the way up to seven years, you know, that we're playing in, in, uh, beta and so forth. So I think that's, 
like when I see people angry that there wasn't more content or more promises or um, trailers or whatever for MechWarrior Online, I understand. They're not saying that because they hate the game. They're saying that because they love the game. And it has been something that a lot of us have been, you know, it's a part of our lives and it has been for many years. And so uh, I took that to heart that there's a lot of people out there that still love it. And I also know uh, that there's more coming, you know, and, and, and as things can be announced, they will be announced. So all in all, to me, it was a positive thing because I just know how much passion and love for the games are in this uh, community. Yeah, it's like at MechCon and um, like I'm having my stage moment and, you know, like some of the things that are supposed to go up in the screens are like taking an extra few seconds to get up there. I'm mm -hmm. getting a little frustrated with it. And, you know, it, it didn't go super smooth. And like, uh, but then as I was telling someone the next day, I was like, you know, like, I want everything to go perfectly, but it's like you got a 65 person studio that's running MechWarrior Online, developing MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries, and planning and putting together and funding the entire MechCon show. Like, there are limits. And, oh, yeah. You know, and like you bump up, we press as hard as we can, but we, we just bump up against those limits. And I think that's just, you know, there's only so much you can do. And so I just say, like, I'm, I'm Matt and all those guys that put together an AV company, like, a lot of the times, like like eighty percent of the show, you could say that's comparable to like um, whomever EA's show or whoever, like the, some big dog putting on a show. So sometimes when it doesn't quite live up to that kind of production quality or whatever, it's like, well, that's just there's just some limits. We're pushing up against those limits as best we can, and uh, you know, proud of the team for everything they're doing. And and then the the last angle of this, of course, is it's it's also not possible without the fan support. You know, like MechCore Online isn't around for seven years without people still loving it and supporting it and supporting Absolutely. us and supporting Microwave 5. And obviously we're still counting on that. You know, we're still counting on people's interest and support for, um, for MechWare Online, but also for, for MechWare 5. And like, you know, hopefully this has got to be a, you know, it's got to be a success. Like I said, in, in every way, sales, mm -hmm. ratings, everything. And it's on us. And, and we, if we make a good game and you know, people will be there for us. Yeah. So, even, even the continued um, support or development of MechWarrior Online obviously ties into Mech 5 and how that uh, is received. So I think it's super important just to take everything in mind, like like you just said. But uh, you're right. You know, it's easy to get caught up in the, the critical aspect of the community and nothing wrong with being critical. It's necessary and it's essential for a game to develop and get better. Um, but obviously... Uh, hearing positive feedback, and boy, MechCon is a place to hear positive feedback. It definitely helps and reminds us how passionate and dedicated this community is. Yeah, and I mean, after you know, MechCon uh, streaming, obviously, discussion has come up uh, on forums, on Reddit, and so forth. And I'm a player myself, right? And so it, it's it's one of those things where having a foot on the inside, but also being player. I understand. I understand. I mean, I even talked to you, Russ, uh, and, 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 you know, when we we're at MetCon about it and, uh, you know, a part of me as a player is like, well, what are, you know, what about for the next nine months? Right. Uh, you know, because again, um, I'm right out there with everyone. And then on the other side is knowing, uh, what I do and obviously m more coming out on Mech five as far as, you know, uh, information in the next, uh, months leading up to, um, I'm super so stoked and I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's one of those like balances. So as a player, yeah, I, I, I can definitely understand why someone would be disappointed. And that's why I feel like it's so important to like have these podcasts as well as, is explaining that you guys, you guys still are dedicated towards it and you're still working towards it. Um, and, uh, but also for everyone out there understanding how important, because let's just take a moment, Darren, you just said something. Remember that time between mech four and then mwo we all did <laughs> it was you know like it was an eternity man and and you know like with mech 5 coming out and i've said this and i can't go into too much detail but i expect people to be playing this game for you know and i said it yesterday on during my stream 10 years i i, I fully believe it's gonna be like a a um um, you know, Oblivion, Skyrim, anything, you know, but, um, yeah. So I think that, it's a no brainer. People are still playing mech four after yeah. what, 17, 18 years. Yeah. So I think no brainer. So it's one of those where as a player, 
I understand as a player, you know, of course you want what about now until then, right? And not everybody wants PVE. I that may come as a shock to some. Some people just like PVP. So from a, like a competitive standpoint, uh, and a, a a being able to shoot other players, you've got a lot of people, you know, um, that you know want want to hear from from you guys about that. So thank you guys for answering those questions as well. Remember so. the uh, the like I said, just I've said this before, but I'll repeat it again. Like MechWarrior online was to fulfill a dream it was about all of us who played mechwarrior one two three and four and in the latter games three four in particular they had very basic multiplayer features and multiplayer stuff was so so basic back then you know three was like on what like the zone microsoft zone or whatever it's yeah. called um mech four you know a little bit better as it went along in the mods and stuff but um very basic and so it was like all those dreams we always had where you'd like, you know, we're sitting there playing some of those old school MMOs way back then and thinking like, you know, what would it be like to have like a persistent, like online, you know, community MechWarrior Biotech. And so that's what MechWarrior Online was about to fulfill that. And um, it did in a lot of ways. Um, probably didn't go as far as some would like in other ways, you know, like kind of going back to faction play conversations and you could basically make an entire game just around faction play. Um, but sure. Then, uh, then uh, you know, then there's then there's MechWarrior Five, which is the kind of the dream. There is is more straightforward of like, you know, when you played MechWarrior Two Mercenaries or MechWarrior Four Mercenaries, or one of these games probably came pretty close to like at the time being your perfect game, except for the fact that it was too linear and too short. And so MechWarrior Five Mercs is about okay, let's create a much more free, much more open, much longer experience with. Which with a ton more replayability, and uh, so that's that's where that comes from. So, I, mean, I guess I can die happy if I can just get this thing shipped. So, <laughs> um, anyhow, we're here to talk about Macquarie Online, and we have yeah. a little more to talk you, about. You 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 hinted at something that I'm very excited yeah, to hear about. Maps, so, can, know, can I can I, inter can I interject before we get there? So, if someone's coming to the faction play discussion and they they're reading that forum post, Paul, um, and they're they've got ideas. Um, would it be fair to say that what you guys are doing is working within what faction plate currently is? Like you're not looking for like a hey, scrap it and here's a brand new version of faction play. What I, you know, I feel it should be, you guys are looking for more of, uh, maybe consolidation in areas, things to ease of use for players and ideas that fit within the framework. Is that, a, is that correct? Uh, saying? Yeah. I mean, let's be clear. Like, yeah, if we, if we want to like, you know, the pie is the sky, like faction play stuff that maybe some people, you know, dreamed about when they first heard the word faction play or community warfare first uttered, that's a lot of that stuff would literally be like, you know, two full years development time, like a completely, completely different game with a whole new budget and everything else. So yeah, it's very much like, you know what, here's what we have. We've gone through like three or four phases or whatever the heck we've called them over the years. Um, there's a lot there. And for a lot of people, some of their best memories, um, you know, of all time in MechWarrior Online are uh, around a certain era, say, of faction play. And so this is more about like, okay, let's, we've captured magic at times in various stages of faction play at various moments. Let's do our very best with the community to kind of concentrate the best of what faction play has been and could be based on the current you know, tool set with adding and, you know, and trying to find the, uh, maybe the right combo, uh, kind of put it in the best spot we possibly can. And I, I, I feel like that's the effort we went under and, and think, I don't know, Paul, do you think that's accurate of like the effort that we're undergoing? No, we're rewriting the whole thing now. <laughs> um, actually, to touch on that is that in the first discussion uh, threads between uh, Just Call Me Ash and my follow-up threads is that it was an understanding is like, we can't rewrite every single system. We can't just, you know what, we're going to create a whole new faction play. That's just not going to happen. And I'm being very, very, very honest with people and very transparent with people in those conversations. For example, AI was brought up and I just said, look, it's a wonderful idea. Right. It'd be really cool to have, but I can tell you this, it is just not going to happen. 
right? Because of the amount of system rewriting, the amount of networking that we'd have to do is just monumental. It's like Russ is saying, it's a whole different game with a whole different budget involved with something like that. But that being said, it's like, let's take a look at what you have to suggest. And I even posted the table of contents from the design document that I gave to the engineers to do a quick um, technical review on. And I explained to the communities, like, this is what we want to do. Is there anything else you guys want to add? And that's what this uh, faction play update uh, thread and discussion is all about. And the key point there is that it's a discussion. It's like, I will follow up with you and I'll explain to you why we can't do certain things. And if there are things we can do, I have to have the understanding of the communities. Like there are limitations about how far we can take something. And if you understand and work with me on those limitations, then we can start getting more and more stuff in there without having to <clears throat> like divert the entire MechWarrior 5 team onto <laughs> MechWarrior sure. Online just to get it working, right? Yeah. And just a quick uh, touch up as well is that this current list that you see online is a living document. I will be updating that as things go through. Now, I touched on the whole thing about four drop decks increasing to we don't know a number yet or if it's just going to make it unlimited, but it'd probably be a limited number, but pretty high. Yes, it's still orange and it hasn't switched to green, which is complete in, in a future patch because I don't have that in a build. I will do that when it's in a build, right? Um, I don't want to sit there and just preemptively say, oh, this is coming, then have something go wrong. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we can't really do that, right? Because that's just going to make a lot of people angry. Mm -hmm. So... It's going to be a living document, up to date, and maybe when it comes to the big yellow feature set, I'll have maybe somebody like Ricky, our QA lead, come in and discuss like what the plan is for testing it, how it's going along, if it's failing testing, right? Um, just to let people know, like who knows, something really drastic happens, right? And we might have to push a date. Yep. At least you'll be up to date why it's happening. And. To touch on what you said, Russ, as far as um, sometimes faction play really strikes a chord, and and some of people have had their best memories from that. I can personally attest that when I was running faction play regularly with aces, um, and you know that was a couple years ago, uh, I did have some of my best times ever. We know that there's something there. We know that there's something good there um, that can be refined and and made better. So you know, again, it's just it's dealing with the realities in life, dealing with the realities in business. Um, and I think we just all, again, have to take a deep breath and, and keep those things in mind and remember that we have these now, which is a hundred times better than not having them. So if you enjoy the games, enjoy them, but also participate. If, if faction play is something you care about, then get on over there to that thread, check it out, make some comments, come back again in a month or whatever, see where things have progressed and, and, and keep up with it. it you know, you guys can make a huge change, um, and, and affect the, the, the direction that faction play goes in to a limited extent, obviously. But I do think there's something there. There's a, there's something that obviously people really uh, have had a great time and care about. So I'm looking forward to hearing where that goes. But I am even more anxious to hear, let's go back to where we were about to go forward and talk about maps. Russ, what do you have to tell us about maps in MWO? Yes. Um, so uh, basically, everyone loves maps, right? Uh, yes. You know, I think, uh, I won't go on too long about this, but like, there's, a, there's like a really, a, you know, a never ending appetite for them, even though mm -hmm. um, sometimes I think we, we don't get as much credit as we should for how many we do have, because I think a lot of online multiplayer games have far, far, far fewer maps than we have. Every game I play, multiplayer online game that has, no matter if they have 20 maps or 60 maps, people always want more maps. Yeah, it's it's true. I get it. Um, and in some games, you know, much bigger budget stuff might have even 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 fewer than we have, and probably and even fewer maybe of the ones that people like or playable ones. But it is what it is. People are just gonna want more maps because mm -hmm. you know you play them. You just it's so fun, so fresh. You know, the new experience. Yeah. So, but they take exceptional amount of. It's one of those things that's grown so much with the game industry too. Like the amount of resources it takes to make a game now is so extreme and even just to put out a map now like even a map in in you know in mechor online can take 
many months of focused effort and it just takes so much now but we it well i couldn't necessarily you know jump all over uh you know committing to some big especially things like latest you look at the slur city one or the one previous to that um a popular map and so but one idea we had recently that i know people have been asking about for a long time and I think the time is finally right to make it happen, and I think it's gonna it's gonna be great because, on the one hand, people have been asking about this for a long time, and they're gonna be very excited about it, and it also is something that we can do more quickly and more in the short term to get some more variety in people's hands without you know saying, okay, six months from now we'll have a new map for you or like something like that. Mm-hmm. So. We the, the we finally kind of dusted off the idea the other day in our production meeting and decided to go ahead with it, which is um, we're going to bring back a handful of the classic maps. <laughs> so in particular, uh, Forest Colony, Forest Colony Snow or whatever that's called, you know, mm-hmm. the icy one, mm-hmm. and the original Frozen City. Nice. So we're going to dust those <laughs> off. Yes, I agree with the uh, the the applause there. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't contain myself. And uh, you know, one I know naturally people might say like, well, will those maps play like eight v eight or something like that? I don't think so. We're not committing to any eight v eight changes. I was I had some thoughts about that and but the matchmaker implications and buckets and all that stuff and well, so um, no, it'll be twelve v twelve. But I think it'll be pretty cool. I still think. And I'm trying to remember if any of those maps had brief moments in time of 12v12. I think they must have. Yeah, Frozen, um, Frozen right? did. Yeah, Frozen yeah. did. Yeah, Frozen did for sure. What about the even, yeah, even Forrest, original Forest Forrest, Colony? Yeah, Forest did as well. Yeah, we had. Yeah, them it's been so long tw- now. It's yeah, hard to remember. Yeah. But oh yeah, we did. Uh, at any rate, I think it'll be pretty rad. And oh yeah. Um, and then just to kind of so so those three in particular, I'm getting told that we're gonna we're actually gonna patch those three into the game in the March patch. So that's pretty quick. Um, you just have a January and February patches, right? And then boom, March patch, uh, you have three classic maps returning. So they're not going to support certain game modes. That, well, they're not going to, su- obviously, Escort's gone for the time being. It wouldn't support that if it was back in. And it won't It won't support Incursion. But I believe it'll support the remaining ones. I didn't think of Domination, Paul, but I think it will, right? Um, not positive about that. What I can say for sure is Skirmish, Assault, and Conquest, like in the old days, for sure, at least those game modes will be supported on those three maps. Um, so that's March, which I think is pretty great. And next step beyond that, another thing we're thinking of doing this kind of like mid-level effort is, and I don't have a committed date for this or we haven't exactly like pushed a green light button on yet, but another idea is to take a really good map like Canyon Network and say, give it the full swamp level asset treatment. So like, totally swampify it so it's exact same terrain though so that the the Hmm. thing there is we can if it's using the exact same terrain and spawn points that removes Mm -hmm. like a huge amount of the time effort to create a new map because you have to play test it and everything and all that so we could take something like canyon network and just give it the entire like viridian bog slash the solaris swamp one treatment across the board like ground textures logs and trees so it'd be it would be the same terrain but Obviously, sight lines and visibility and everything would be totally different. Um, yet, we know that the, the map shape and size and everything is play tested and works. And so, that's something we could do with fairly, compared to a new map, fairly low effort, like in the like, you know, six to eight week range. So, uh, we haven't, first things first, I think we're going to get those classic maps in. But that, what we might do, after, that, that Canyon Network idea is something we might do kind of right after that, which... <laughs> means that also in 2019, besides the classic maps, there's a chance of maybe seeing even a couple more, uh, like, I, like I just mentioned, sort of makeovers like network idea. Yeah. So we get a bunch more variety and get some more stuff but without taking, you know, you know, large amounts of time to, to get new stuff in. Without destroying MechWarrior 5. That's Remember, we got, we got to keep that thing up there and, and make it as great as possible. I think that's awesome. I already know, because I've been here. I mean, Phil will totally say the same thing, I'm sure. We've been hearing for years since those uh, original maps have been taken out. Bring them back. People love them. Um, whatever the reason, whether it was because they like the smaller maps or nostalgia or whatever, they want those maps back. I've been hearing it nonstop uh, since they were removed. So I think that's huge. I mean, of course, it's one of those things where more maps, the better, sure. Mm-hmm. But we have a lot of maps that, uh, you know, sometimes don't get voted for 
again, because if you have a choice and someone can choose a canyon or whatever over polar or something like that. Um, so one, Frozen City, the original. Forest Colony, the original. I think that's fantastic. It's going to be a completely different experience as well. Absolutely. I mean, we used to have 12v12. We, we did. Um, and we went from 8v8 to 12v12. And I remember people saying, you know, like, oh, these maps need to be bigger now that we got more players. And it's funny is a lot of people came full circle. Yep. Once these we maps had need more, to be smaller. Right. <laughs> but also, too, is where the fights happen. I mean, yeah. when Frozen City got blown up, uh, the fights transition from dropship Right. And we had the, the cave that, you know, uh, in there. And I remember we yeah, used to have. See, by the way, Paul was like, oh, the only problem with that old Forest County map is a cave. And I was like, you kidding me? That's awesome. Like yes. it had its, it definitely <laughs> had its issues. And it was kind of like some graphical bugs. And I said, screw it. We're not fixing any of it. We're bringing it back the way it was classic with, yeah. you know, like a uh, render bug and all like when you come out of the cave <laughs> and stuff. And uh, it was awesome. That's like the, the dust tunnel, right? With the, yes. the death swarms that would be going in and out of that tunnel and stuff. That was cool. And and, and I think that's, uh, if anything, people have been asking for it too. It'll it'll mix things up. Uh, people are going to vote for them, including myself. Um, and uh, as far as the taking current maps that work and putting a new skin on them, and I'm assuming that means you can still put new stuff on them. It's just if they use the base terrain and you guys could put trees and rocks and stuff and, and you can mix up, mix up a map. I mean, you mentioned Canyon being Viridian bog and uh, you know, that sort of bog, uh, biome really, that's what you're talking about. A biome. Um, yes, yes. All the yes and more. Yes. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people would enjoy that. So Canyon network makeover. I like it. Yeah, I mean, all this is great. And and what I appreciate about it, because I understand the, the the pipeline and how long it is it takes to make new maps, I'd way rather, well, first of all, I think the classic maps returning is just a no-brainer. Everybody's, not everybody, tons of people have wanted that for a long time. So that totally works, uh, low-hanging fruit. Um, but I would way rather have makeovers, makeovers of good maps that are out there uh, than nothing, you know, absolutely. So I think those are both very positive, and and this is the first time Phil and I have heard about both yes. of these uh, very realistic uh, reactions here. I'm excited. I'm super excited. I'm happy to. I can't wait for the community to hear about it, and uh, I can't wait for them to be implemented. March is just right around the corner. Sweet. Yeah, that's um, that's all we have tonight. So I just appreciate everyone listening in, and you know, spread the word out there. We still love Mechwarn Line. We love that you love it. And, uh, you know, we're going to get some good stuff here the next, and then March obviously is going to have the, the new, um, Coursera mag. So that's another thing in March. Mm -hmm. Um, remember everybody, remember the super duper Christmas giveaway. Don't December forget. 27th. Yeah. It's like, it kind of goes from like a, it's like a 36 hour stretch from like, uh, I don't know, like starts even on the 26th to the 28th. It kind of goes across 36 hours. So find out. Find out when it works within your. We did that so that it should work for everybody in any time zone, no matter where you live in the world. There should be a moment when you can log in, play that match, and just get all that free content. Dust off everything. Call your buddies. Anyone who hasn't played for a while, mm -hmm. make sure they at least log in long enough to get all their free stuff. Um, yeah. Want that, everyone to log in and get that. That's literally two weeks from today. So that's you want. That's the twenty seventh. Whether you know. Time zone, it's 26th, 28th, whatever. Look it up, mwomerks.com. Get a bunch of free stuff, two uh, unique Hero Max, bunch of MCC bills, uh, premium time. mwomerks.com, check it out. Make sure you lo log in. All you have to do is drop one match and you get all that stuff for free. Totally worth it. And a big Merry Christmas from PGI. Yeah, I mean, I love the fact that we did this podcast. I like that we're able to talk about faction play and some things that are coming up in MWO. Um, hopefully we can do more. I know that Phil and I want to have uh, Ash and Dane, two community members on that uh, have a passion for faction play and talk to them and get their perspectives as well. We're going to try and uh, have some more um, podcasts with PGI, whether that's uh, in regards to MWO or MechWarrior 5, and we'll get those out as soon as possible as well. We're back into it even though it's uh, holidays we're going to be busy through the holidays and we're going to just go s running straight into 2019 and everything that's uh, coming next year so russ paul anything you want to say before we wrap up thank you everybody thanks for playing thanks for everything um we got all sorts of awesome announcements coming and 2019 is going to be rad so uh 
hopefully we can get you all the announcements on metcon and world championships and all that stuff and we just hopefully get the great pleasure of continuing to work with this brand and making these products for you guys awesome paul uh just a reminder get in on the forum talks if you want to have a voice um everybody's voice matters and yeah just keep it a casual discussion then a lot more gets done and a lot quicker and a lot more people have buy-in or alternative ideas to what you might come up with if you just maintain it as a conversation um there's been some questions about how the uh, balance discussions will be handled and they should be handled in the same way again with the transparency with the limitations um just letting everybody be part of it and yeah get on the forums let us know what you're thinking and we'll work forward on a day-to-day basis i guess excellent thank you russ thank you paul again thank you uh russ and paul for uh taking the time and uh i just want to say thank you uh for uh shedding some light on the the maps and of course faction play and we will be reaching out again to paul very soon and it'll probably be paul and chris to talk about balance um and uh within the 2019 uh beginning of that year as well and hopefully uh russ and maybe some alex garden talk about uh, mech 5 i'm crossing my fingers guys where i'm gonna get them i I don't know what i'm gonna have to do but i'm gonna get them but uh, thank you guys for coming out here and talking about that this podcast is supported by you the viewer please consider supporting us by a variety of ways uh subscribe to our twitch channel become a patron uh we got a merch store as well and of course if you're doing any shopping on amazon uh, especially for the holidays or vice versa we've got an affiliate uh link when you guys uh, use it we get some kickbacks so check that out uh any anything would be appreciated uh thank you guys so much for the support be sure to check out our website at NoGutsNoGalaxy.net, on Twitch at NGNGTV, YouTube at NoGutsNoGalaxyTV, Twitter at NoGutsNoGalaxy, Facebook at NoGutsNoGalaxy Podcast, SoundCloud at NoGutsNoGalaxy, and for all the latest and greatest in mech porn t-shirts and mugs, be sure to check out NoGutsNoGalaxyStore.com. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast. Signing off for tonight, this is Phil. And this is Darren. Until next time, Mech Warriors. It'd be best if you avoid me. But I know you probably can't You sense something is wrong with me You can feel it on my skin But there is more with Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Forever